Hello, my name is Dr. Ling Huang, and in this session, we'll be discussing about the clinical syndrome, hyperlipidemia. Now, what is hyperlipidemia? It is a syndrome of abnormal or elevated levels of lipids or lipoproteins in the blood. It can be an acquired or genetic disorder where it leads to a high levels of lipids such as fats, cholesterol, and triglycerides. And it is a chronic disease that requires ongoing medications to control the lipid levels in the blood. Hyperlipidemia can also lead to atherosclerosis, and we will talk about that later. First of all, we'd like to recap about lipids and its metabolism and transport in the body. Lipids are water insoluble, so in order for lipids to be transported in the bloodstream, they need to be encased in a protein capsule called lipoproteins. And lipoproteins are made out of lipids as well as apolipoproteins. So the size of its lipoproteins determines its density. Lipoprotein density and the type of its apolipoproteins it contains will determine the fate of the particle and its influence on metabolism. Major lipoproteins include chylomicrons, HDLs, LDLs, and VLDLs. Chylomicrons are large particles that carry dietary lipids. HDL stands for high-density lipoprotein. It's sometimes called good cholesterol because it carries the cholesterol from other parts of your body back to your liver, and your liver then removes the cholesterol from your body. LDL stands for low-density lipoproteins. It's known as the bad cholesterol because at high LDL levels, leads to the buildup of plaque in your arteries, causing a condition called atherosclerosis. And VLDL stands for very low-density lipoprotein. It's also sometimes known as the bad cholesterol because it also contributes to the buildup of plaque in your arteries. However, VLDL and LDL are both different because VLDL mainly carries triglycerides, whereas LDL mainly carries cholesterol. Now, when we talk about how lipid metabolism occurs, there are two pathways. That's the exogenous pathway as well as the endogenous pathway. The exogenous pathway starts with the incorporation of dietary lipids into chylomicrons in the small intestine. The chylomicrons then enter the blood circulation to peripheral tissues, and lipoprotein lipase releases free fatty acids, which are then subsequently metabolized by muscle and adipose tissues, and the chylomicron remnants are then formed. These remnants are then taken up by the liver in the formation of HDL. Whereas in the endogenous pathway, VLDL is formed in the liver from triglyceride and cholesterol esters. The triglyceride carried in VLDL are then metabolized in the muscle and adipose tissues by lipoprotein lipases, releasing free fatty acids and LDLs which are formed. The IDLs are then further metabolized to LDLs, which are then taken up by the LDL receptor in numerous tissues, which can be then used to synthesize hormones as well as cell membranes components. The LDL can also be taken up by the LDL receptors in the liver cells, which are then converted to bile acids and then secreted back to the intestines. 
Now, when your body has very high levels of LDL or VLDL, which is known as the bad cholesterol, this is, can cause a syndrome called hyperlipidemia. And in hyperlipidemia, this could lead to a condition called atherosclerosis. Atherosclerosis is the accumulation of lipids and bad cholesterol within the walls of your arteries. This accumulation narrows the blood vessels and starts to reduce the blood flow and oxygen to vital, vital organs in your body, such as your heart and your brain. And over time, these fatty deposits called plaque can start building up in your arteries and starting to narrow and as well to harden it, making them less flexible. And if a clot forms from this plaque and blocks your narrowed artery, this can cause a heart attack or a stroke. Now, there are two types of causes in hyperlipidemia. There is the primary cause as well as the secondary cause. The primary cause are known as familial causes. They are formed by the gene mutations, which can cause the, de the defective clearance of triglycerides and LDLs, or an excessive clearance of HDLs, which is the good cholesterol. And the main secondary cause of hyperlipidemia are sedentary lifestyles and as well as a high-calorie diet of saturated and trans fats. Diabetes could also be a secondary cause of hyperlipidemia, as well as kidney diseases, hypothyroidism, obesity, obstructive liver disease, as well as alcohol overuse and smoking. If there is an increase in cholesterol only, we call this hypercholesterolemia. If there is an increase in triglycerides only, we call this hypertriglyceridemia. And if there is an increase in both cholesterol and triglycerides, we call this combined hyperlipidemia. There are five types of hyperlipidemia according to Fredrickson's classification. And the most common types of hyperlipidemia are the type 2A and 2B, which causes familial hypercholesterolemia and familial combined hypercholesterolemia. Now, there are usually no noticeable symptoms of hyperlipidemia. However, as mentioned, this can lead to atherosclerosis, cardiovascular disease, and stroke. And this can also cause high levels of yellow deposits of cholesterol-rich material called xanthomas. These are skin lesions that can appear anywhere in the body due to accumulation of lipids as large form cells within the skin. Now, high levels of LDL, which is hypercholesterolemia, can cause various symptoms such as Arcus cornea, which is an accumulation of lipids in the cornea, as well as xanthomas at the Achilles heel, the elbow and knee tendons and joints, as well as xanthelasma, which are lipid-rich yellow plaques that appear on the eyelids. And high levels of triglyceride in hypertriglyceridemia can cause also xanthomas and, and eventually acute pancreatitis. Now, in xanthelasma, only about half of the patients are actually hyperlipidemic. Xanthelasma can also occur in patients that have primary biliary cirrhosis, 
and that have normal lipid levels. And the most frequent hyperlipidemia associated with xanthelasma is type 2a familial hypercholesterolemia. And this can cause an increase in LDL levels in the blood plasma. Patients with severe elevations of triglyceride can also have eruptive xanthomas. And these are xanthomas skin lesions that occur all over in the body, on the trunk, back, elbows, the buttocks, knees, hands, as well as feet. Now, the diagnosis of hyperlipidemia can include the physical signs as mentioned, as well as conducting a serum lipid profile after fasting for 12 hours. And this is measuring the total cholesterol, triglyceride levels, HDLs, as well as a calculated LDL levels. For the diagnosis of primary hyperlipidemia, this includes the total cholesterol in the serum to be more than 240 milligrams per deciliter, as well as a family history of cardiovascular diseases or atherosclerosis, as well as an early onset of premature cardiovascular diseases that is less than 60 years old. And in the case of secondary hyperlipidemia, additional tests could be ordered, such as for fasting glucose, liver enzymes, creatinine levels, as well as the thyroid-stimulating hormones, TSH, and urinary proteins. Now, the measured lipid panels will show the total cholesterols, where less than 200 milligrams per deciliter is at the normal levels, and a fasting triglyceride of less than 150 milligrams per deciliter, as well as HDL cholesterol of more than 60 milligrams per deciliter. And the calculated LDL levels which should be less than 100 mg per deciliter. The calculated LDL levels are from the total cholesterol levels minus the HDL and the triglyceride levels divided by 5. At extremely high lipid levels, it could also give a turbid appearance to blood plasma. In familial hypercholesterolemia, or FH, it is an autosomal dominant genetic disorder that is characterized by high cholesterol levels. It affects 1 in 250 people. However, only 10% of these people are usually detected to have SH. People with FH have very high levels of LDL from birth and usually has early conditions of cardiovascular diseases. What happens is that they have mutations in the LDLR gene, which encodes for the LDL receptor protein. And this LDL receptor protein normally removes LDL from the blood circulation, or they could also have apolipoprotein B, which is the part of LDL that binds with the LDL receptor. People with a heterozygous or one copy of the LDLR gene have premature cardiovascular disease at 30 to 40 years old. People with homozygous for the LDLR gene have both copies of the gene mutation. And in this case, the patient usually develops severe cardiovascular disease from childhood. So what is the LDLR receptor and what does it do? The LDLR receptor is a primary component that manages the cholesterol in our body, 
what it does is it keeps the amount of cholesterol in the body at a normal level. The LDL receptors are on the outside of many different cells in our body. When the LDL cholesterol circulates throughout the body, the LDL receptors pick them up and take them into the cell. Once the LDL receptors have finished getting the LDLs into the cell to be metabolized, they then go back to the surface of the cell to pick up more LDLs and repeat the process all over again. Once inside the cell, the LDL then create cholesterol. Now, cholesterol is a fatty, waxy substance that we know that keeps the body functioning properly. When the cholesterol is inside of our cells, it is then used up by the cell either to be stored or to synthesize hormones as well as cell membrane components, or it is then expelled from the body. Many of our LDL receptors are also found in the liver, and the liver then works to get rid of this unneeded cholesterol. And the more LDL receptors, the quicker LDL cholesterol is then removed from the bloodstream into the body. However, gene mutations can affect this LDLR receptor. It can result in elevated LDL cholesterol. And when these receptors do not function correctly, LDL stays within the bloodstream longer than it should. And instead of getting into the cells, it then accumulates onto the arteries wall where it can then harder, harden and narrow the passages of these arteries, causing atherosclerosis. And familial hypercholesterolemia, FH, is an inherited disorder that causes high levels of LDLs to be present in the body, and it is a disorder that is associated with a mutated LDLR gene. This can then lead to early cardiovascular diseases and heart attacks at a young age. And due to high LDL levels, FH shows the symptom of fatty deposits on the skin and tendons called xanthomas and xanthelasma. There are five classes of FH from LDLR defects. Class 1 is when no LDL receptors are synthesized. Class 2 is when no LDLR receptors are being transported from the ER to the Golgi apparatus for it to be expressed onto the cell surface. In class 3, there is no LDL binding to the LDL receptors, and the LDL receptors does not properly bind onto the LDL on the cell surface because of a defect in apolipoproteins. In class 5, there is no LDL and LDLR internalization where the receptor binds to LDL, however, it does not properly cluster for receptor-mediated endocytosis to enter the cells. And in class 5, LDL receptors are not being recycled back to the cell surface. There is also a second type of mutation in the PCSK9 gene. PCSK is a protein called Proprotein convertase subtilicin caxin type 9. This protein controls the number of LDL receptors on the surface of the cells, and they play a critical role in regulating blood cholesterol levels. Now, the PCSK9 gene mutation causes a gain in function of this protein, which means that there is an enhanced activity that causes LDL receptors to be broken down more quickly.
and this reduces the number of receptors on the surface of the liver cells. And with fewer receptors to remove the LDL from the blood, people with this gain-of-function mutation in the PCSK9 gene have very high blood cholesterol levels. In hypertriglyceridemia, a fasting serum triglyceride level occurs at more than 150 mg per deciliter. This can be a result of poorly controlled diabetes, alcoholism, obesity, pregnancy, as well as prior pancreatitis and a family history of hyperlipidemia. The amylase levels may be falsely normal, although lipase levels may also be unaffected. This can cause acute pancreatitis because chylomicrons are large enough to block the pancreatic capillaries. This can lead to ischemia and also a release of pancreatic lipases, which can lead to autodigestion and the pancreatic injuries. Treatments of hyperlipidemia could be lifestyle changes such as exercise, stopping smoking as well as alcoholism, and a healthy diet rich in vegetables, fruits, and whole grains that can lead to a lower LDL levels. And in the case of high LDLs, statins, bile acid sequestrants, as well as PCSK9 inhibitors could be used. And in the case where there is high triglycerides, niacin, fibrates, and omega-3 fatty acids could be used. Now in this session, we have discussed about the condition of hyperlipidemia, how high levels of LDL, VLDL, or triglyceride can cause hyperlipidemia. And this can result from primary and secondary causes. We have also discussed about the signs and symptoms of hyperlipidemia, where most of the times there are no symptoms. And in FH, xenosomas, which are yellow deposits of cholesterol, can appear anywhere on the body and on eyelids, leading to a condition called xenolasma. Hyperlipidemia can also lead to atherosclerosis and cardiovascular diseases. Serum lipid profiles of total cholesterol, triglycerides, HDL and LDL are used for diagnosis. And we have finally discussed about the pathophysiology of hyperlipidemia, where in FH this can be due to mutations of the LDL receptor gene or the ApoB gene that lead to defective clearing of LDL from the circulation. The PCSK9 gene mutation that causes LDL receptors to be broken down more quickly also increases LDL in blood.